Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. I've been running for a few years now and have the privilege of meeting many incredible runners on my travels all across the country. This podcast is intended to share those amazing conversations. Welcome back. I'm here in Austin, Texas with Jesse Thomas. Jesse, thanks for uh, taking some time to chat today. You bet, man. Thanks for having me. For sure. So first question, we'll dive right into it. Who is Jesse Thomas? (laughs) Um, It's a very mysterious man that likes to run in dinosaur costumes. (laughs) Uh, We'll get it. We'll talk about that. (laughs) That was my second question. (laughs) It's it's fresh on my mind, obviously. so I am a uh, professional triathlete. Uh, you could almost say ex-professional triathlete, but not officially ex yet. Um, married to a woman, Lauren Fleshman, uh, who's a 5K uh, US champ. Um, I'm an ex-distance runner myself back in college. And the CEO and owner, uh, co-founder with my wife and with Steph Rothstein of Picky Bars. And uh, a dad. Cool. That's, that's me. Yeah. Awesome. So you you're here in Austin, Texas for the running event. Yep. Um, and let's talk about the dinosaur costume <laughs> yeah. you just mentioned. So, yeah, totally. Let's talk about race results. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually um very surprised. I'm very stoked with my with my effort today. So I did so I so for the little bit of background for people that are like, what the hell are these guys talking about? Um so I decided two months ago that Picky Bars needed a mascot. And, um, I was trying to figure out like, what, what could we do, you know, that would be funny and kind of interesting. And I started trying to play all these puns off of bar. And it turns out that there is a dinosaur that looks a lot like a brontosaurus that was called a barasaurus. It's an actual, (laughs) I thought you made this up. No, it's actually a real dinosaur. (laughs) You can look up barasaurus. And so we found this dinosaur costume and I was like, that's it. Picky barasaurus. (laughs) And, um, And so since we, I got it maybe like a couple months ago and I've had maybe three things that I've done with the Barasaurus and this was definitely the most significant one. We did a, I did a 5k this morning and, and we posted it that we were going to do it on social last night and I was going to race our other co-founder, Steph, who's a professional distance runner, high level, um, like, you know, one of the top marathoners in the country. And so we asked people to guess the spread between Steph and me in the dinosaur costume. And, um, you know, people guessed all over the place. I, I thought that we were, that I would be about three minutes behind Steph, about a minute, a mile. Um, but I only lost to her by a minute 30, <laughs> minute 36. So I was pretty happy. So she ran 16, you ran 17, 17, 30. I think the timing was a little short, but, um, but I, I had five fifty-three miles on my Garmin in the dinosaur, in the inflatable dinosaur costume, which I was pretty happy with, particularly because I've been running 
eight miles a week yep. maybe for the last like six weeks. So, so you um, didn't come into this uh, Barosaurus no, race overtrained. No, I was not <laughs> I was fresh. I was fresh. I'm going to be, I'm actually will be legitimately sore yeah. tomorrow from. Well, that's what's awesome about yeah. 5Ks. <laughs> no, totally. So you ran the 5K as the Barosaurus. Did yeah. you have any wardrobe malfunctions? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's funny because um, I did a test. I wanted to make sure that I could run. I thought I might do the Indy 5K in the in the bar of sourcing. So I wanted to make sure that it was going to work. So I ran um, two miles in Bend like a week and a half ago in it. And um, and it held up. It was like, you know, hard to run in, but it held up. So I was like, okay, cool. And then today at like two and a quarter miles, it basically <laughs> broke. <laughs> like, As do it, most it, runners at two and a quarter miles totally, in a 5K. Totally. And it deflated. And... Um, and yeah, it was, I don't know, I would, I don't know if it was harder or easier when it was deflated. It was like a mix of both. It was, it was, didn't feel quite as wind resistant, but then at the same time, every, like the tail was like tr- almost tripping me up and, and my, um, my big like picky bars shirt that I had on, it was like falling. It was like somebody that had like emaciated, you know? <laughs> like the shirt was like falling yeah. off. So it was like holding it up with my shoulders. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Anyway, it was fun. Cool. Yeah. So you're wearing a shirt that says, says "I love carbs." Yeah. Um, you run a podcast called Work Play Love. Yeah. Thanks. And you're here with Picky Bars. So let's start off with the work, the work part of of uh, that trio there. Yeah. Um, what is it like working as the CEO of a company in the endurance space when you also play in the endurance space? Well, I mean, it's 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 great. You know, um, there's you know, you, I, I get to do, I get to be around the environment, be in the environment that I love. And, um, like today, you know, it's, you're, I'm not going to go do a dinosaur 5k at Expo West, <laughs> right. you know, and of a big, a, tra- a big food trade show. Although maybe I should, um, might turn some heads in a good way. Might, yeah. It might actually, it might actually stand out, which is hard to do there. Um, but no, it's, it's a fun space to be in. I mean, we, you know, Lauren and I grew up running obviously, and we love endurance activities in general and to create products for people that are in the endurance and active space and then kind of get a simultaneously like live the life in conjunction with our company and our products and our brand is, is awesome because it feels authentic. Natural. Yeah. We're just being ourselves, you know, and that's, that's a cool place to be in. So I'm sure it comes with some challenges. Um, what is, what has been the biggest challenge you've had, um, so far with picky bars when it comes to, um, yeah, what's, what's been one of the bigger challenges you've had? Um, the biggest challenge has been owning and operating a company with my wife. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. And I mean that kind of jokingly, but, but actually very serious. Like, um, Lauren is, a amazing woman, obviously like incredibly talented, uh, you know, intelligent. She has her own opinions about how things should go. I have kind of, I was kind of designated the, the CEO of the company, like eight, about a year after we started and I had my own ideas and there's conflict there, but then, but then it's, it's not even, it's not even necessarily like conflict about ideas. It's the, it's the stress that being an entrepreneur and a business owner, um, 
brings on you to have that be shared by your significant other right. and then have that be part of you both family. have that pressure yeah the family experience like it's in the house it's like it can be a weight in yeah. the house right and that that's hard that that's been really really hard and it's taken a lot of um communication and frankly therapy sometimes yeah. with, with lauren and i you know to be able to kind of work through that so um that's been the hardest part got it yeah so there's there are a lot of I've read a lot of articles about um, endurance athletes being the best employees, yeah. and and I would agree. Um, why do you think being in the endurance space sets uh, employees up well for, or or have you seen that as your has that been your experience as well? Yeah, we don't. You know, we don't. I. Um you know, I don't try to be like exclusive in our hiring, right. in our hiring practices, obviously. Um, That's where HR comes in. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can't you do that. You hire distance runners. <laughs> you um, must have a yeah. 245 yeah. marathon yeah, time. Exactly. To... <laughs> um, we, uh, but I have definitely seen that. I, I think I, I would, I would expand it to, you know, athletes in general, mm -hmm. people or people that have been through a, a like legitimate athletic experience or have a legitimate athletic experience, because to me, it's, the, um, it's, uh, perseverance, right. Mm -hmm. And being able to hopefully mostly calmly, although not calmly all the time, uh, deal with adversity and things going, things going wrong and, um, stick your nose back in it and try to make it work, you know? And that, that's, that's like the quintessential athletic experience. You win some, you lose some, you train hard, you get hurt. Um, and having the mental fortitude to keep pushing is the exact type of thing that you yeah. need, particularly in entrepreneurship where there's, where it's so dynamic for sure that, that, that you feel that a lot. So another question I've had, and this is a selfish question cause I'm very curious with the answer, but I'm sure other people are as well. Um, how do you balance your own use of social media to promote the brand yeah, that you question. work for and have created, but also like you have other sponsors and you have yeah. other brands that you work with and you don't want to, you know, be pushing your own stuff down people's throats yeah. and things like that, you know, food pun intended. Yeah, totally. It's a, it's a good question. The, um, and it's something I obviously think about a lot. I think that people to start there, there's two things. You want to be, like I said before, you want to be, you want to be true to yourself. You want to be authentic, right? If you're not, people will see, see right through it. Yeah. So that's where it, that's where it starts. Um, the second thing is I've got to, I realize that people only want to engage with you on social media or follow you or whatever, if it's interesting. And if it's all advertising, right. then that's not interesting. But if there are, um, if there are times where I'm advertising, essentially promoting my, promoting my brand or somebody else's brand, but in an authentic way, and hopefully, hopefully most of the times that the, that the, that my posts are, um, you know, brand promoted or, or in a promotional sense are interesting, you know, like, and, and funny, then it's kind of like, that's, that's, that's what I always try to think of is like, okay, I need to post this thing about picky bars because I'm a primary marketing outlet for picky right. bars, but I'm not just going to, I don't want to just like post the picky bars logo and say like, go to our website. I'm going to be like, maybe I can 
dress up in a fucking dinosaur costume. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or do, Call it a Pickasaurus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do some, you know, but that's an example. The other day I climbed a, a random snow mountain um, to do a KOM thing in a piggy bar sweatshirt, right? So they're just some, at least like there's something that's like beyond just like a straight ad. Yeah. Um, so that that's what I try to do, and then and then but definitely buffer it too. Like after some amount of time, or you know, you can't be doing that all the time, even if it's good. Right. You have to just have like the regular stuff, and so it's a mix. So how? So are you are you you're fairly intentional with with your use of social media? It sounds like. Yeah, I mean, I would say intentional, not like scheduled, right? Because it, it happens. I just post stuff when I feel like it, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, it's in, it's it's intentional, you know. Cool. Or I try to think about what I'm doing, you know, before I post it. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, going back to something you mentioned before, and something you've talked about on your podcast, uh, therapy. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, definitely. Um. So I had a good chat with Grayson Murphy yesterday okay. about um, about this as well. And she talked about, she's like, hey, I've got a lot of people listening to me. And I feel it's like my responsibility to be authentic with yeah. uh, the struggles that I yep. go through and to help normalize it and totally. things like that. Yep. So is that is that something you feel as well that, you know, you have an audience that's listening to you and you feel like, Hey, this is something that I should be sharing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I have, um, you know, it's really easy. I mean, there are studies that show this social media can depress people. Right. I mean, because you see the best parts it's a highlight, of, really, of yeah. everybody's lives and you think, Oh, my life's not like that. Right. And so, um, I think that, what Lauren and I try to do is just be, you know, and it's nothing new, but just, just be real with people and mm-hmm. be authentic. And, and, um, I've only been to therapy, you know, I've had certainly my, my own, you know, mental struggles with a number of different things, but I've only been to therapy for two reasons. One was, was, um, after my parents got divorced when I was really young, um, to try to get through that, um, emotionally. And then the, who's other- that, whose idea was that? Um, my parents. Yeah. And, um, I think after a while seeing my brother and I, uh, deal with it in our separate ways. And we, we, you know, I was like six, my brother was, Oh wow. Yeah. So we were pretty young. So it was a lot of like, how can you, um, you know, what does family look like now? Can we shift that mentality to, you know, what it, what it it is to, to, to something that's sustainable going forward in a positive way. Um, and then the only other thing is, is with my wife and, um, you know, we're in an extreme circumstance obviously because of the business, but a lot of people have, um, you know, marital or, you know, whether you're married or not, you have a significant other, it it can be hard. It's two people trying to align their lives together in the best way that they can. And, um, and that isn't easy. And I think that it's important that Lauren and I talk about that in particular, because I think a lot of people just think that, Oh, what a great couple. Life is like, great. Yeah, yeah. They do that. They have this business together. They have kids. They're like, they seem happy. And that's like, that's true. But, it, but there's a lot of bullshit in right. there. And so it's important to be really honest with it. And we have had, you know, we have had, as we talk about it once while our podcast, I mean, we've had blowouts, you know, we try to be respectful with each other and, and we've had to learn how to deal with all that conflict. So cool. Yeah.
This week's episode is sponsored by Picky Bars. I've been a customer of Picky Bars since their early days, and I can honestly say that they get better every year, both their team and their products themselves. Created from a need to have a performance and real food bar, Picky Bars are one of my favorite fueling options. I've been a member of their Picky Club for years now and have a bar before all my weekday runs and enjoy their oatmeal before long runs. Both are super easy on the road. I'm excited to share a 20% off a one-time purchase or 20% off your first month of the Picky Club membership with code for the long run. Enjoy. Where did the podcast come from? Um, it was an idea that I had that was basically just like, um, Lauren and I both write or have written. Lauren really is a writer. I'm, I kind of dabble in it, but, um, she would do columns for runner's world. I did like kind of funny columns for triathlete. And we always thought that it would be cool to collaborate on something, but then the logistics of like writing something together was really hard. Right. So we, we were like, well, maybe we could answer people's questions. One from the male side, one from the female side. And it was like, why don't we just do this live on a podcast? And, um, and that was it. It was just, it was basically like, what's the thing that we can do together mm-hmm. that would be high, hopefully high value for people hopefully very low cost for us in terms of time. Right. And, um, and the podcast was great. And the, the way that we made it, the try to make it the highest value was literally just, you tell us what, <laughs> what you want to know. Yeah. You want to know. And yeah. we will answer those questions. And it's really easy. We answer your questions and, um, and it's been really fun, man. It's, it's a good deal. Like I've said before, giving us even just an hour to talk about other people's problems <laughs> as opposed to our own um, has been uh, very good for our relationship, I think. Cool. It's like on-air therapy. It kind of is. I mean, there's a little bit of it. We, we always do. We do this what's going on section, which is kind of like, you know, the first 10 to 15 minutes, we, we kind of talk about some things that we're going through, you know, or, or things that are going on in our lives, um, which is part of it too. But then, the, the other people's questions always just makes you think, you know, it's like they say the best way to learn is to teach, right? right? You, you hear other people's questions and you're like, oh yeah, that reminds me of when I did this and how did I react to that? And it, it's very reflective. For sure. Yeah. So you guys both have a lot of, a lot going on. Um, how do you feel about balance? Is it something you strive for? Is it something you think is yeah. overrated? Well, I think that it depends on how you, what you term balance with, right? There's a lot of, uh, it feels like in the endurance community, like with, um, uh, Steve Magnus and, um, uh, Brad Stolberg. Yeah. Brad Stolberg, you know, there's, there's like balance is not, doesn't exist right. or, or, you know, that's not really a thing. And I, and I get that. I get what they're saying. And I, and I pretty much agree, you know, what they I think what they're, not that I should summarize their, their book at all. Um, but I think it's that, you you have episodes of of time where you're going really deep into something and your life is unbalanced right and um and that that's what we i i totally agree with that i think what we try to do is is a similar thing where it's like over the macro scale yep you are balancing your life because that that passion is that that passion sequence is unsustainable or, right whether it's sustainable or not, I believe it's long-term unhealthy. And so for to us... To be all in on something all the time. all in on something all the time. I mean, it's like training. You can't be exactly peak, in peak shape That's all the exactly, time. That's exactly it. And what we have... what So what we really try to promote through ourselves and through our company really is is like this work-play-love balance where you're, where you're like, it's not that 
every day you're spending eight hours doing this, eight hours doing this and eight hours doing that. It's that, um, over the course of a macro scale, you know, three, six, 12, even two years, you're working on something that you're invested in, but then you're, you're not, you're, you're making sure that the other areas of your life are getting attention when they need them as well. And, um, for, and for me, ultimately what that comes down to is like, it's a maximization of like overall happiness. Mm -hmm. And that, that was the thing that I was trying to get to in like talking about balance is that basically like I could be like the best triathlete in the world, or I could be the best CEO in the world, or I could be the best dad in the world. And I don't know that any one of those single things would actually make me happier than being pretty good at all three of them. And, um, and so that, that's what we're striving for, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, I had a good conversation with Magda Boulay about this on the podcast a few months ago. And she said, I'm not balanced, but I focus on the things that are important. And sometimes I lean hard in one direction and then I come back and, and lean hard in another direction. And I think that like micro and macro way to look yeah. at it is very similar to how we look at sport performance. You yeah. you have baseline, you peak, you drop off, and Definitely. you're focusing on different yeah. things at, at different yeah. parts. So I think that's another reason that like athletes are sort of more not more qualified, but yeah. better suited to to or more equipped, I guess yeah. is a good way to put it, to deal with some of these like life challenges because um what comes up you know mile 80 or you know mile 20 or whatever like you've dealt with harder things for sure and you yeah you can't plan for it and yeah i I totally agree both personally and professionally for sure so let's talk about the the sport side of it a little bit yeah um so you said you're you can't call yourself a retired triathlete yeah um what is how are you how are you grappling with that how are you dealing with that um you know it's I'm, I'm overall, well, I'm very lucky, right? I have something that I own that I'm very passionate about that I can work on full time. Mm -hmm. That is not the case for most professional athletes when they're done. Right. And so I, I, overall, I should, I should just, you know, qualify. Like I'm super lucky. Yeah. Was that a conscious decision you made 10 years ago? Um, no, not when, not like at the very beginning, but, um, there was a, I wrote an article actually about it. Um, I can't remember what it was called. It was called like the next step or something along those lines for triathlete magazine. It's not called the next step. So I shouldn't even (laughs) say that there, there's a, there's a, um, there's an image of this. We had this great illustrator and I remember it very correctly or very clearly it's like a guy that's about to parachute out of a plane and he, and it's me in my triathlon kit, but I have like a, I have like a parachute bag. That's like a big picky bar basically. (laughs) And so, and the whole thing was about kind of me preparing for like the next step after I'd been in the, I wrote it when I had been in the, in the racing world for six or seven years. And so I'd been there long enough to know people that were in the peak of their career, then out of it and then kind of transitioning along and seeing some bees. Well, just seeing various experiences after that. And so, um, so at that time it became conscious mm-hmm. where I was like, you know, I'm 35 this is going to last for another few years at my peak. And then I'm going to start to decline. And like, what am I going to do? Right. And at that point I was like, I should really kind of 
you know, we've got, I've got this picky bars thing going. I should really make sure that it doesn't die, you know, cause it, it was still small enough at that mm-hmm. point. It, it could have, and it would and I would have been bummed, but it wouldn't have been like a huge deal. Catastrophic. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I did that. And then, so, you know, to answer your question, like, I feel like I'm doing pretty well, but there is for sure of the athlete side of me that is like, um, missing it, you know, and missing like being super fit, uh, racing at a high level, like high level competition. But, um, but there's also a part of me that weirdly feels like, like when you've gone to college for a year or two and then you like go back to high school, like visit your younger friends, yeah. and, like teachers. And you're kind of like, Oh man, I really miss that place. But like, but it also kind of feels like a time past. Yeah. Like, like it's young for you now. Feel that a little bit huh. in triathlon where I'm like, I miss those guys. There's parts of it that I really like, but I'm kind of on to like the next Grown. phase a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So it's yeah, huh. interesting. It's a cool way to look at it. Yeah. Um, what advice do you have for other athletes that may be, you know, a couple of years behind you and they can, you know, do you think this is why you see more and more athletes coaching these days? I think that, I think if you don't have like, yeah, if you don't have something obvious like I do, I think the coaching thing is a really good route that a lot of people take because they're like, well, I have this lifetime or whatever of experience being an athlete and that does transition really well to to being a coach. Um and then you but but being a coach is a lot different than being right. an athlete. So it's it's not really the same, you know, type of life. Um so yeah, I mean, I think that it just depends on athletes, you know, like I had two guys that I thought about when I wrote that article were, um, uh, Bevan Doherty and Rasmus Henning, Mm -hmm. who were two friends, two, I don't know, I'd say friends ish of mine that I got to know. Um, Bevan was Olympic gold medalist, I think, and, um, or maybe silver medalist. And, uh, he just left and he was just gone and then he and he was just like and i ran with him actually a year ago thanksgiving in because we he was randomly in hawaii when i was in hawaii and he was like yeah i just got a different job i was psyched Mm. about and got way more into my spent way more time with my kids and the pendulum swings a different way just swung a different way rasmus was the same way got or got really it was you know business savvy and and got into that and then but then there's a lot of people that do coaching and Mm -hmm. So it just depends on what you want to do. For sure. Yeah. Do you have any athletic goals outside of uh, the professional world? So like there are a lot of people that have, they call them projects. Like do you have any projects that you're looking forward to? I would like to, um, I wanted to run a fast marathon, like a straight marathon. That's what I was going to do this year. So like my kind of transition to retirement a little bit had got, it was like half conscious and half kind of happened to me because I got hurt. Um, I'd still like to run a marathon and maybe try to run it fast at some point, but um, what is fast? I mean, I had, I had this kind of hope that maybe I could qualify for the Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. I don't, that would have been a really long shot, but I thought I, f- I felt like I was in shape to run low two twenties mm-hmm. at the time that I hurt my foot. Um, at this point now, you know, I'd be happy with anything under two thirty, probably, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, but we'll just see. So there, there's maybe that, um, the, uh, 
And then, but I, what I really like are all these like funny, like crazy adventure races. I just want to try some different <laughs> stuff. There's a race in Bend called the Pole Pedal Paddle, which I've promoted before and raced before that has a downhill ski, Nordic ski, bike, run, kayak, sprint. Wow. And there are, there are like half a dozen other events that are like that, that at least from the research that I've done in the, um, in the U.S. I'd like to go do some of those. Cause I like this combination of like weird stuff. Yeah. Um, some mountain biking too. I've been doing a lot of mountain biking. Mountain biking is fun because I don't have to be, I can still, I can still be the fastest mountain biker I've ever been because mm -hmm. I get, I get better technically, even though my legs aren't quite as strong as they used to be. Got it. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that scare you? Uh, I don't know. The first thing that popped into my head was like something happening to my kids. Yeah. Obviously that would be like the worst thing imaginable. Um, I thought you were going to say snakes. Yes. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm not too scared of snakes. I don't know. I mean, if there was a huge snake here right now, I would get up and leave. But, <laughs> you know, wouldn't I scream? Um, uh, no, uh, you know, of course, like health of your family, that's like the scariest thing. And then, um, the next scariest thing would be, you know, um, well, my own health would be, you know, and then, uh, and then after that would be, uh, would be, the, you know, just the financial, pre like the business, you know, financial pressure of the business. If like we still, Lauren and I still own this business with Steph, uh, you know, hundred percent, we haven't raised any money. We don't have any outside investors yet. That might change, but we haven't done that. Haven't done that yet. And, um, and, uh, it's a scary deal to have something that is now, it's not a big, big business, but it's big enough that it has outgrown our own personal assets. Mm -hmm. And so the swings of that business financially, um, are scary, you know? What's it like having the three of you as the co-founders or as the three running the business? It's cool. It, I, I like it a lot. Lauren and Steph are really, they're more like owner advisors now than, than they are, employees. Um, but they just, what I like about with Lauren and Steph is that they just provide me that like grounding, f like back to like why we started, what we're kind of trying mm -hmm. to do. It, it's easy for me, even as a, even as a CEO and I'm, I'm supposed to be as strategic as possible at the 30,000 foot level, right. but, but we're, we're only like an eight person organization. So like I, I still get into, into the weeds. Yeah. Into the weeds every once in a while. They help me get out of that. So it's, it's good. And then, you know, luckily, you know, knock on wood, we've been able to maintain our relationships and friendships and whatever through all that. And hopefully we continue to do that. Cool. Yeah. Jumping back a few years. Why'd yeah. you go for your first run? What's that? Why'd you go for your first run? Why did I go for my first run? Or, like when I first or why'd started, you get into when I first, running? Yeah. first started running? Um, I grew up in a place where I live now called Bend, Oregon, and it was to explore the trails. That was it. And, um, actually that's not totally true. <laughs> the, well, it's kind of true. The, the other reason, um, I remember my first weirdly, my first, uh, race. And so, um, in grade school, we did a, like one lap around the field. And I remember that. And I, for some reason, I remember it mattering a lot to me, yeah. like how, like trying to win. <laughs> and so there was some weird innate thing, like, because I look at my son now, like, I don't think my son would care that much. Yeah. You know? He'd just run around the field. He wouldn't care about, 
which is totally fine. Um, but it was just weird that that at that time I felt that. So yeah, it's, there, I think there was this combination of like exploration, but also competitiveness. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What do you wish your fans knew about you? <laughs> oh, um, I don't know that there's honestly a lot that they don't. <laughs> I mean, to be perfectly honest, like it's pretty, it's pretty open book, you know? Um, I'm waiting for someone to say like, I have six toes or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like I know. No, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing obvious, you know? I play a little bit of piano. Yeah. Be different. Like I don't, never really talked about that or I did at least a, a tiny bit like self-taught a little bit of singing actually. Like I, I used to do that stuff. I would never, I, it's like my worst nightmare doing it in public, but like I do like to do that. Um, yeah outside of that man i don't know i think everybody you know it's all there cool yeah. where can we follow you on social media um at jesse m thomas uh my middle name is mcdonald so jesse m thomas nice <laughs> and uh yeah that's on all the socials and uh, and then pickybars.com or at pickybars is the other place too. cool yeah well thanks so much for joining today and uh and we'll see uh yeah. see you out there in the barosaurus yeah thanks for having me man. <laughs> for sure that's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.